Hi, this is Dr. Mercola, helping you take control of your health. And thank you for joining us for the third question and answer session. For the, and thank you for submitting the questions so that I can answer them. And this is all designed to help you better understand keto fasting or partial fasting. And the book that's coming out April 30th, that's available pretty much on any, any site. But if you want to get it on our site, which is ketofast.com, there's a lot of other bonuses there. But this is uh, an incredible strategy to really radically improve your health and uh, really address some of the common challenges that uh, traditional water fasting has. And it's an it's a interesting hybrid that's far easier to do and provides far more benefits because you're able to do it so consistently. So let's get to the questions. So fish spine, this is sort of a tangential question, it says, uh, they are not diabetic, but suffer from hypoglycemia. What would I recommend if, uh, if I was to change to a ketogenic way of eating? Well, you have to understand, interesting that, again, this person who I'm consulting with, it just happens to have seen pretty regularly. So he would have problems when his blood sugar went from 150 down to 130, 110, he started getting a little dizzy and stuff, which was relative hypoglycemia, right? I mean, that's di that diabetes, still 110, but he was still having symptoms. So the hypoglycemia, it, it, that, that symptoms that you're having, it's a pretty classic. It's a sign that you don't have enough sugar to feed your tissues, especially the brain, which is why you're having the symptoms. And as a result of that, you have these symptoms. But it's not because, well, it's because you don't have enough glucose, but it's because you, you disrupted and disturbed the underlying fundamental physiology of metabolism in your body. And as a result of that, you're, you're not able to access the fat stores. So, because you can go down to a blood sugar level of 30 or 40 if you're metabolically flexible and not have any symptoms of hypoglycemia. So it's a relative, you know, it's the, it's the acute drop in the blood sugar that's an issue, but your body, your tissues get adjusted to it. And especially, when you're metabol metabolically flexible, when your blood sugar starts to go low and your insulin levels are low, what happens is that if you're flexible metabolically, you're, that's a signal for your body to increase the production of ketones. And ketones are an alternative fuel source and they will provide energy to your brain that prevents you from having hypoglycemia symptoms. So in the transition period, fish buying, which I think you're referring to, that you will have some problems with it. So what you can use are things like uh, MCT oil, ideally caprylic acid, which I think basically it's keto energy. I'm not sure the exact name, uh, but it's essentially a, a, a really a refined form of MCT oil that converts to ketones really easily. Uh, you can use generic MCT oil, which is about half as effective, or your coconut oil, which has other benefits too. And I, I don't use, I used to use caprylic acid, but I'm just using coconut oil now. There's some other benefits. It has lauric acid, actually over 50% of the fatty acid are lauric acid. And lauric acid is an interesting fatty acid. It has some immune benefits. So I take about a tablespoon of coconut oil a day. Uh, and I'm not treating any metabolic issues, so at least I know. Probably doing some indirectly. So Amy Smuts asked the question, I suffer with arthritis and find that my joints are ache terribly when she's in ketosis. I'm assuming that because her name is Amy. The one thing that helps me almost be in remission is vegetable juice fast, but that is not optimal. My blood sugar is better controlled by IF with keto refeeds. What is the best way to deal with this pain? 
Well, that is a good question because, you know, pains are a really good feedback mechanism for your body. So you really want to listen to it because it's a signal that something is off. Pain is a really widely underappreciated as such a valuable feedback. Without pain, that is a condition called leprosy, uh, which results, of course, it's usually caused by tuberculosis-like uh, organism and it can be contagious is why they had leper colonies, but now we have drugs for it. Uh, but the, the, side, the tangent point there is that, you know, people would die from it because they had no pain because they would get, they uh, infected, they would touch things like hot stoves or cut themselves and not recognize or understand it and not have that feedback to protect themselves. So pain is a valuable feedback and it's learned to appreciate it and just seek to uh, resolve the pain with natural therapies, ideally addressing the fundamental source. So it depends what's causing your arthritis. I suspect it's osteoarthritis, uh, which is, is a degenerative form and most common. There are natural anti-inflammatories that you can use. Curcumin would be one. Uh, Boswelli is another. There's a whole wide variety of different herbal approaches. So that can be used. I would stay away from drugs. Virtually all of them are problematic. And uh, even though they may provide some beneficial relief of pain, they are invariably going to cause biologic damage to your tissues, no question. So the important thing to recognize here is that if you can keep your ketones elevated, ketones are very interesting molecules, as I alluded to earlier. Biologically, they're classified as HDAC inhibitors, and that's an acronym for histone deacetylase inhibitors. And by inhibiting the deacetylation, that's uh, a very potent anti-inflammatory, incredibly potent anti-inflammatory. And you get it for free. Your, your liver will make these ketones once you teach it how to do that. So I think a partial fasting program will radically improve it. And if you're taking really strong uh, medications for it, like even steroids, you can gradually wean yourself off with these types of strategies. So, and you may also want to see a natural medical clinician to help guide you through that process. Um, it really isn't necessary for pretty much anyone to do this. It's, it's just a little, it's a relatively minor tweak in your eating habits. And unless you're taking medications, you can pretty much do it without medical supervision, uh, which is why I like it. A keto, uh, a multiple day water fast, you have to be a little bit more careful, but if that's you're taking medicines and you know how to wean off, that's fine. But if you don't and understand the process of how to do that, then you certainly want to consult with a clinician to help you through that. May 7132 asks, I have osteoporosis and I've heard that being a keto can pull more calcium from your bones. Any truth to that? Um, I don't, I think the simple answer is no, as far as I understand the way bone building works, which is a balance between osteocalcin and which is the, which osteoblast. So which builds it and osteocalcin takes the bone out or it's, it's a, push-pull mechanism to model your bone based on the forces that it's exposed to. So strength training is a really important force for that. And uh, interestingly, I'm going to be beta testing some piece of equipment called OsteoStrong, which is a pretty big piece of equipment, but it's designed to essentially induce the optimal types of forces on your body that can signal to prevent it, and it's used pretty consistently to reverse osteoporosis. But some of the important things you want to have is magnesium, and there's a uh, strontium and boron 
uh, would be also important for bones. But vitamin K2, which is really critical and one that most people tend not to think of, and vitamin D. Uh, ideally, you want to get your D from the sun. So those would be useful, in the, and I think in conjunction with a strength training program. An implicit trust asks, is keto fast or keto diet suitable for a person with Crohn's disease? Uh, the extension of Crohn's disease are the other autoimmune diseases, uh, and Crohn's disease is a type of inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, the other one would be ulcerative colitis, not inflammatory bowel, but irritable bowel, but inflammatory bowel. So, uh, and then multiple sclerosis is the other famous one. So those are the, and rheumatoid arthritis. So those are the three big categories. And there's a wide variety of other ones, but those are the primary ones. So there's two consistent variables for autoimmune diseases. Um, one is that you want to avoid plant lectins. Really, really important. There's like little doubt in my mind that that can cause a wide variety of problems. And you also want to eat organically because the lectins and glyphosate can punch holes in your colon causing leaky gut, allowing these proteins to enter into your bloodstream and cause your immune system to react to them, stimulate an autoimmune condition. So you want to eliminate that. Now with inflammatory bowel disease, I think it's really important to use also good probiotics uh, like the ones that we have. Uh, you can also use uh, Saccharomyces boulardii and something a spore form of bacillus, which we have a spore restore. So those can really help recolonize the gut from the damage itself. But you've got to stop the damage. And usually it's uh, the lectins. And some of the most profoundly disturbing lectins are, are uh, wheat. And uh, gliadin is the protein to gluten. Gluten is, and the gliadin is a subset of that. So... Uh, so a gluten-free diet and basically giving up all the grains and the legumes, you know, so that would be really key. So if you're eating keto or cyclical keto and you're doing it as a vegan and having all these proteins, you're still going to have problems. So the other thing with um, autoimmune disease is vitamin D. It's, and typically there's child, childhood emotional traumas that, that are associated with this too. So there's, you need some, strategies to address that. But if you, the physical ones would be vitamin D and removing the lectins. And vitamin D, of course, just to remind you, summer's coming. Um, summer's been here where I live in Florida for like the last two months. I mean, it was, it's crazy good. I mean, it's just wonderful to, to not have to take vitamin D. And I understand and realize that most of you don't have that opportunity is even if you live in an environment like I'm living, you don't have the opportunity to go out in midday, take off your shirt and start absorbing the sunshine. Uh, but that is key. That is the ideal. Uh, you really want to move towards that direction. Uh, if you can't for whatever reason, then you're going to need to swallow it. But I do not recommend it because there's so many other benefits from the sun exposure than just vitamin D. So that would accelerate the improvement. Sangle asks, I've been successful with keto in terms of weight loss, but constipation has been a significant problem. No one has addressed this issue seriously. How can you get enough fiber when eating one meal a day? What can I do to be able to move my bowel successfully? Free. So, otherwise known as Sangle. Um, this is not a hard problem. It's actually a pretty good problem to have because 
most everyone watching this is deficient in magnesium and magnesium is a profoundly effective laxative. So all you have to do is increase your magnesium levels. And uh, it's difficult to overdose on magnesium because you're just, if you take too much, you're gonna have loose stools. I mean, that's what they use to clean your bowels out for an enema, not an enema for a, a colonoscopy. Um, it, it definitely works. So um, that's the big issue. You just need to have some more magnesium in your diet. Um, was, oh, but how can one get enough fiber? You don't, you don't first, and you're eating one meal a day is what I wanted to comment on too. So it's not one meal a day. When you're doing a partial fast, it's only one, three to 500 calorie meal. But the other days you're eating two, three times a day. I mean, I have two meals myself and I have probably two snacks in the middle. So I try to eat the entire six hours, which is difficult to do sometimes. But um, sometimes you have to go seven, even eight hours to get, my two meals in because especially after a partial fast you know your stomach shrinks a little bit so it's difficult to eat your normal meals but uh try to eat as much as you can so you're almost eating all the whole six hours but i you know just as i was doing this i was realizing that it, it makes perfect sense you know you sleep for eight hours you eat for eight hours good idea and you don't do you know so you're not you're awake for 16 hours and you're not eating for 16 hours man it just makes perfect sense i mean it's the, the biorhythms on that are just, there's like, I, I never realized it until now, but it makes perfect sense. So, Retire Dricky is a 71-year-old female, walks regularly, feels great, has been considering the keto plan for whatever reason, did not implemented it, uh, but was told by her friend that it would not be healthy. Please tell me if this is true and what do I suggest? There's a simple strategy for tired tricky. You need to find new friends. You really do. Because you the friends you got now don't understand a darn thing about health because they are so seriously confused. Yes, this is good. I'm glad you're walking regularly. That is even, but we know you're overweight. You're metabolically inflexible by definition. I mean, if you're overweight, you're most likely, I mean, unless you're already engaging in the process of becoming medical flexible but but you know, at some point the reason you got there is because you were insulin resistant so yes you need to do this program it'll, it'll change your life you want to be 81 91 maybe even 101 this is what you need to do okay Bubba Gump 1952 must be okay you're getting close to 70 you're 68 years old 67 years old so I have been thinking of keto dieting for a while, but there have been so many bad raps towards keto plan in general. I was diagnosed with NAFLD, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and have read where keto isn't for people that have this condition. Jenny asked a similar question, how will keto affect NAFLD? Well, guess what? It's part of the solution because you gotta get metabolically flexible. It will help optimize your blood lipid profile. But in addition to that, there's a very simple strategy you can use, and that is to increase the amount of healthy choline in your diet. You can get it as a supplement. The ideal way would be phosphatidylcholine. Uh, ideally, you'd like to get, if you're going to get it from a uh, supplement, I wouldn't necessarily use sunflower, so even unless it was organic. I mean, not sunflower. 
soy oil, where most of it comes from soy, sorry. Soy oil, but sunflower seed would be better, and uh, it's ideally it should be organic. So, or you can get it from food. The highest source of phosphatidylcholine in the diet, eggs, specifically egg yolks. So having two or three of those a day will do magnificent wonders, but I have, uh, I won't disclose the, her identity, but a very prominent uh, leader uh, in uh, one of the, 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 the uh, activist solution or, or organizations that we support who developed an EFLD and, and uh, essentially this was like five, six years ago and I basically consulted with her and she doesn't have it now because she just followed this program. It is, it is exactly what you need. The excess carbohydrates is creating insulin resistance which causes a metabolic catastrophe in the liver. But thankfully your liver is the most regenerative organ in your body. It can, I mean, you could take out like seven eighths of it and it will grow back in a few months. So it can, this damage is easy to repair. It's really simple. So, but adding the extra choline, phosphatidylcholine would help a lot, especially eggs. Now, a source of phosphatidylcholine that I use is from krill phospholipids. And we're, I think we sell them on our site now, not we will shortly, um, because in sunflower or soy phosphatidylcholine, you have the fatty acids as being omega-6 fats. Whereas in krill, the, omega, the fatty acids are omega-3. You get DHA and EPA. So it's a much healthier form of phosphatidylcholine. And I take, uh, uh, I don't take our supplements because they're in capsules. I, I, we have a relationship with the vendor, so I get it in bulk and I just have like a half a teaspoon of that a day. It doesn't taste that great, but I just put it in a bolus and a little teaspoon and swallow it down and it's not that bad. So that's, that's my form. And, and uh, so either of those would work. I think the, kr the krill oil phospholipids would be just about perfect. So Liz goes on to ask, would love some ideas from a dairy-free allergy perspective. Also, don't digest red meat well at all. I have to be careful with meat, seafood, protein, blood type A. I believe the blood type A stuff is a bunch of nonsense. I'm blood type A too and don't believe it. I mean, I don't believe, not that I don't believe in blood type A, I don't believe that the diet recommended. The reason why it got so prominent, I believe, is that uh, blood type O is essentially a grain-free diet, and most everyone does well on a grain-free diet. Uh, so dairy-free is probably not a bad idea for most people. See, dairy is, uh, it's, a, it's an anabolic food. It's designed as milk from uh, post-pregnant uh, mother, mammal, that provides it to her young. Why? Because the young need to build tissue. They need to be growing muscle mass and organs. And milk does a pretty good job of that. So to take it continuously is probably not a wise strategy, especially most milk because it is grown from CAFO, confined animal feeding operation cows that are not organic. They're loaded with, with toxins. But it also, it has a lot of branched chain amino acids and problematically potentially allergic uh, proteins, especially if it's pasteurized because those, the conformation of those proteins change and they can cause, contribute to allergic problems. So raw milk would be a lot better, organic grass fed would be better still, but, but it's still an anabolic food, so that's the last thing you want to do on a partial fast day or taking 
if you're, you're seeking to stimulate autophagy because it will actually knock you out of autophagy. But on days when I, like this morning, I had uh, our uh, Miracle Way protein powder at two scoops, and I'm actually getting redder at two scoops like this, so I'm going to have it another two scoops. So because it is loaded with these branching masses, and for me, today's anabolic build, muscle building tissue today, and recover those four pounds that I lost yesterday. So hopefully that helps. Shalom 83. Neon Era asked, oh no, I'm sorry. Shalom 83 is, this is, that was Liz. Shalom 83 asked, do you recommend having hydrogen water and drink, and drink it on a daily basis or cycling it out? That's an in, insightful question, Shalom. Um, uh, hydrogen water is one of my favorite supplements. From a supplement perspective, I think it may be one of the most important. Uh, we are going to introduce a hydrogen tablet, which at this point is probably the finest way to take hydrogen. It produces profoundly valuable uh, and important metabolic benefits. Essentially, it does it for medically by increasing a profoundly important antioxidant system called NRF2, helps associate this key protein from it, then this NRF2 goes and activates the antioxidant ARE genes or antioxidant response on the genes in your DNA that stimulate production of all these beneficial internal antioxidants. So the beautiful thing about molecular hydrogen, it only causes the production of antioxidants if you need them. So if there's no oxidative stressors around, then it just kind of stays there like hanging out, waiting for damage to happen. And once it's there, boom, it just cuts the damage dramatically, dramatically, which is why I take it every day. The, the confusion about, and there's almost virtually no downsides to it, but the benefits will be massively obliterated if you take it continuously. So I don't agree with drinking molecular hydrogen water all day long. There are systems that do that. Uh, but you could bolus it or dose it like twice a day, just have hydrogen water twice a day, because you want to really want to get a signal to your body if you, to do it cyclically, kind of like the feast and famine cycle of partial fasting and keto fast. So if you do it continuously, it tends not to work. So that's the caution there. So yes, every day is a good idea. I don't think you have to go stop a few days a week. It's just, it's more of an hours thing. So I do mine, actually I do mine in the morning, first thing when I wake up and I do the other one before I go out and walk. So maybe six hours later and that's it. Uh, and that's enough. Now, there are many of the interesting, many of the phytochemical supplements like broccoli sprouts and sulforaphane, uh, work on similar mechanisms by improving the NRF2 pathways. So, Neon Era asked us, and taking amino acid supplements like glycine increase blood glucose levels by any chance, and does it shut down autophagy? Um, she has some other questions, or he has some other questions. So, I love glycine. It's another one of my favorite supplements. I think it's crazy not to get it. It's very inexpensive. You get it in bulk on Amazon. It's a powder. It looks like sugar. It even tastes like sugar. You don't need much. Probably about a quarter of a teaspoon, which is a gram, twice a day, which is what I do. Sometimes I do a little bit more. Uh, for, some people recommend a lot. They make them at a teaspoon twice a day, which is like four to five grams twice a day, maybe 10 grams. And I was first introduced, introduced to this concept of using supplemental glycine through James D. Nicola Antonio, I co-wrote the Superfield book with, who is a pretty aggressive, uh, aggressive would be the right term, but uh, assiduous re reader of the literature and 
and, and writes a lot himself for public, peer-reviewed publications, and found these great documents. Uh, and actually, actually, I sent him one last night about glycine, the first study that was actually done that showed it radically improved longevity in rats by reducing oxidative stress. So glycine works in a number of ways. It helps um, saturate your tissues with optimal glycine levels so that you're not as susceptible to damage from glyphosate. You know, glyphosate is the reason it's given the name is because it's a phosphorylated glycine molecule, and that's why it works to damage these metabolic pathways in the plant plants and the weeds that just you know essentially destroy their their ability. And it, was, it actually devastates the microbiome too of the soil and uh, disrupts the ability to produce these important uh, aromatic amino acids like you know uh, phenylalanine and tyrosine and tryptophan. So, but anyway, blood glycine is most likely not going to increase your glucose levels. It is an amino acid. It's a protein. So you're only taking a gram, and it's the smallest protein that we know of. It only has like one hydrogen, one methyl group, I think, is whatever it is. You know, I forget the the uh, biochemistry of it, but it's the smallest amino acid that I'm confident of. So it's an important one. It's also a precursor for. Uh, Glutathione. Uh, it's not the rate limiting enzyme. Interestingly, when you increase NRF2, that increases a, a enzyme that increases the conversion, the rate, the rate bottleneck enzyme, the rate limiting enzyme for production of glutathione, which is why NR2 activation is so helpful. So Nana Era has a few other questions. Do mineral supplements such as magnesium along with gelatin capitals inhibit fasting as well? Does the gelatin capsule itself stop fasting? So these all questions are all related to the fact of uh, incomplete understanding of the benefits of, or how autophagy is activated when you're fasting. So, and why I recommend a keto fasting? Because in the keto fast, you're taking not just gelatin capsules uh, or glycine, you're taking literally three to 500 calories. So that's, that's a lot of food. And you haven't eaten for 18 hours before, so it's still small enough that you're deep, radically depleting your glycogen levels because there's your partial fasting, you're not really getting much glucose at all or, or carbohydrates. I mean, typically under 10 grams. So at 42 hours, you're going on 10 grams, less than 10 grams of, of car, total total carbs, not net carbs, total carbs. So that's a strong stimulus to to inhibit mTOR, activate AMPK, and really activate autophagy and get all these benefits. So gelatin capsule has virtually micrograms of, maybe milligrams, but it's certainly no more than milligrams of a protein, virtually nothing. And mineral supplements don't make a difference, as do most other supplements unless they're food, like krill oil or salmon oil or things like omega-3 fatty acids. But even at small doses, it's still probably not an issue because it's such a small dose. See, the, the, the dose is the key issue here. If it's just a few grams, it's probably not going to be enough to, to switch your metabolism, especially if you're doing it all at once. And then you're engaging in exercise because you're going to burn that, that fuel. It's not going to be able to, to raise your insulin levels and, and cause a kick you out of ketosis. So. Coco Loco 9, Dr. Mercola, I take several of your keto supplements, including organic collagen. Yes, we got a new collagen coming out that you're going to love because 
problem with our organic collagen is these capsules, you really need to swallow like 30 a day to get a really good benefit. So we were making the protein the collagen powder, but unlike almost everyone in the market, this is truly organic, so there's no danger in it. It's most, I would say over 90% of the collagen products on the market, you'd be surprised at some of the major ones. They're just, they're making your health worse, not better. The concept is great, but they're, they're, they're extracting the collagen from CAFO foods. People, animals that they didn't tell you about that are essentially raised in China. So this is obviously not ours. We're really assiduous and diligent with that. So Coco Loco continues to ask. She takes the organic collagen and mitomix. Will these supplements break your fast? Yes, any calories will break your fast. So you don't want, these are great supplements to take. So, but even during, when I do the partial fast and I have my three or 500 calories, I still have 30 grams, 30 grams of our collagen protein supplement that I take in the morning. So it's part of a, my 500 calories. So that's fine because it's very low in branched chain amino acids. And that's what's going to activate mTOR and inhibit autophagy. So it depends on the protein. So organic collagen is great. Mitomix is great. But you, you can take them with your breakfast. But if you're trying to optimize the restricted eating window or yes to, to six hours then and those that 18 hour period we're not eating you don't have those foods you have them in the, food, the periods when you're eating so typically feast within a three to four hour window and have trouble deciding when to take all my supplements so you can take supplements you could even take the collagen supplements ideally but ideally you want to take collagen supplements and mitomix in the period when you're eating now if there's not, I take supplements as soon as I wake up and, before, and right before I go to bed. So, and obviously I'm not eating at those times. So most of the time supplements like minerals and um, phytochemicals or nutrients like ubiquinol or vitamin E or tocotrienols, you know, these, even though vitamin E is a fat, is still more of a nutrient than a fat and it's not going to activate any, stimulate any metabolic pathways adversely. So those are fine. You just don't want to have food or calories. And if, you, and if you're uh, challenged with this, all you need to do is read the labels. Typically all, all the supplement labels, certainly ours, have, has states how many calories are there. If there's no calories in that supplement, it's not going to be a problem, just like drinking water. So last question is, honored goes to TAN2582. I remember, on the interviews with Dr. Fung, you recommended folate and its effect on mTOR. Would, I, would you elaborate on this? Because I'm confused. I'm not sure if this supplement I'm taking five milligrams daily. So hopefully you're taking our five milligram folate, methylfolate, which is a great supplement. I take it, but not every day. I did not take it yesterday. Why? Because I was fasting. There are a number of supplements that you should not, not, let me repeat, not take when you're partial fasting. Not, not intermittent fasting, but partial fasting. But even these supplements that, sh that you shouldn't take during partial fasting probably should only be consumed during your eating window. So I wouldn't take five milligrams of methylfolate before you go to bed. Not a good idea at all. Because methylfolate is recommended for pregnant women. women. Why? Because their body and their baby needs it to build muscle tissue. It's important. It's 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 absolutely critical and prevents some really important potential devastating neurological consequences like neural tube defects. So 
they need it. But anything that activates anabolism, like methylfolate or methyl B12 would fall in the same category, or colostrum, which is a great supplement. I only take colostrum twice a week. I take it on the days I'm strength training. So I took it this morning. Uh, but I will, that would be a catastrophe to take when you're partial fasting because it's activating autophagy. It's, it's, like, it's like taking uh, branched-chain amino acids. It's what, you're, it's what colostrum is what's given to, to uh, you know, in, infants and newborns. And you know, so they need that growth. And you need it too, but only in, in a few windows of time during, during the, uh, the week. So like when you're, building, you're feasting in your feasting mode. And the other one is glutamine which I would not take, because that will also activate autophagy. So those are the four big ones that I can think of. So do not take those in your not eating phases. So if you're not, if it's, a, it's an intermittent fast or it's a partial fast window, don't take those supplements because they'll push your, your, uh, your physiology and your, your pathways in the wrong direction. So I hope that this was helpful. Um, there is no question in my mind that if you are interested in living a long, healthy life, um, non-frail life, you know, my parents became frail as they age, and they serve as a very powerful motivation to me to avoid that. And uh, I wish I would have known more as than when they were older, so I could have mentored them along that and helped prevent some of that. But frailty is what kills. That's what killed both my parents. They became very frail and not able to move. And it's just sad to see when you're unable to have your mobility. And uh, it, it just restricts your life so much. So I'm talking about extending your life well to 100, ideally. And I think for most of you, that's possible. Uh, for some, it may be a bit challenging because of all your other challenges health that you've had in your life. But I think for most of us, it, it is more than possible. And, and keto fasting, without a doubt, in my mind, is one of the most important metabolic interventions that you can do. Now, again, if you're underweight, if you have an eating disorder, it's not a good idea because you know, you're going to be losing weight on this strategy. But to cycle in and out, feast and famine cycling is, a, is and time-restricted eating are two of the most profoundly powerful eating strategies. It really forms the foundation, my strategy, to living healthy after 100, my personal strategy. And uh, obviously, you need to integrate a lot of other things in that, such as a very good sleeping habits and exercise and sun, sun exposure, um, but, and an EMF avoidance, which is my next book. So if you do these things, it's pretty amazing. It'll be somewhat difficult to, um, Really not stay healthy. See, the other principle that most people don't understand is that your body wants to be healthy. It just wants to be healthy. It's designed to be healthy. So that if you give it what it needs, and I think more importantly, don't give it what it what is not benefited. So avoid foods that you know sets your health back, and follow these principles. Your body will get healthy. You can start to get off all your drugs. You, your symptoms will disappear and you will regain your vitality back because that's what your body wants to do. Given what it needs, it has the, it has the, the intrinsic design within it 
to essentially reset your health to optimal. And there's like little doubt in my mind that this is doable for just about everyone. So it's the rare person. I mean, obviously, if you're a few days away from death, it's going to be a really significant challenge. And eventually all of us get there. But virtually no one watching this now is in this condition. So you've got time to reverse the, whatever condition you're doing with. And I really believe that virtually everyone watching this, understanding these principles, integrating keto fast into your life, into your family's life, into your friends and your loved one's life, is going to be one of the most important strategies that you can do to really live a long, healthy life and enjoy it and not be frail. That is the key to not be frail, to maintain your full movement and flexibility and enjoy life like you did as a child with all that freedom of movement and lack of pain that we were, it's really is your birthright. I mean, you, you are really, that is your, should be your expectation. And if it isn't, I hope you can change it to that because it really is possible to do this. And it's certainly something I've achieved now, approaching my 65th birthday real shortly. I mean, I don't really have a pain in my body anywhere, and I've, my mind works great and you know, full functioning. So uh, I'm thinking you can do that too. And you know, following the principles that I described in KetoFast would be a really important strategy to accelerate your path towards optimizing health. So. Uh, Hopefully you'll pick up a copy, KetoFast. It's on sale pretty much everywhere. If you go to our page, KetoFast.com, we've got really important information on how you can get some additional bonuses with that uh, by purchasing it. comes out uh, April 30th. So hopefully this information was helpful and it will help you take control of your health.